back with part two of a special two-part edition of the Brick House Lottery Team Podcast. I'm Bob Johnson. I'm Matt Baker. Let's get this thing going, Bob. Yeah, okay, let's jump right into it. The team with uh, the least amount of prospects, no future at all in the Western Conference. Matt and I, I think just like the Brooklyn Nets, we might have the same one here. Matt, drum roll, please. It's the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sacramento Kings, that's who I have, Bob. I put that the, watching the Sacramento Kings is like watching a movie and you can't decide if it's supposed to be a parody or not. Mm. There's a lot of horror movies yeah. that are like this. You know, you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself, like, this is pretty funny. And if this movie's trying to be funny, it might be pretty genius. But if they're not trying to be funny, I think the director might be drunk or completely insane. Yeah. And that's the Sacramento Kings that's for pretty, me. That's pretty great. Mine, mine's kind of along the same lines. It is like a movie. It's, it's like a reverse Creed. Okay. <laughs> so before I went to watch Creed, I thought this could be fun, but it exceeded my expectations a whole bunch. Uh-huh. It was way better than I thought. So the Kings, I thought that they could be crazy, but it exceeded my expectations on <laughs> on crazy. Wow. Yeah. So which which one of the Kings is the uh, drooling, bumbling uh, Sylvester Stallone in this analogy? Uh, is it George Carl? I don't know. <laughs> If anyone's going to change this organization, sometimes there's a man. I won't say a hero, because what's a hero? Vlade is the most important person for this franchise. Okay, yeah. For that exact reason. is He has to figure out what to do with Cousins. There's going to be some big boy decisions that need to be made. And that also starts with, uh, currently they're slotted as the seventh pick in the draft. They've actually, that's kind of where they've been picking since 2010. They've picked 5th, 7th, 7th, 8th, and 6th. And they've come away with Cousins, Bismack Biombo, who they traded for Jimmer Fredette, Thomas Robinson, Ben McLemore, Nick Stauskas, who's gone, and Willie Cauley-Stein. So they haven't, I mean, I guess you could say Cauley-Stein is still, the jury's still out, but they haven't shown great ability to pick at that spot. So he's going to have to make some trades pick someone at that position yeah it's it's gonna be interesting yeah the guy for me for similar reasons is vivek ranadai yeah because he's the only guy who could fire vladi divak which right. is what he should do right. even though he just signed him to a contract extension yeah. he should hire basketball people to figure this out people who have some sort of experience with it and i think from the top down is the only way to work to fix this systemic dysfunction yeah. that this team has. Record prediction. We actually almost hit the nail on the head with these guys. They're pretty predictable record-wise. Right. We guessed that they would be 28 and 54. Right now they are 31 and 48. So I think this is the closest we've picked. We've picked them to have 28? Or I think maybe 32 after their yeah. win against the Thunder They're last 32 night. 32 and 48. So they we picked them for how many? 28? 28 oh, wins. Wow. Picked them within four games. Yeah. Let's move on to the next team. Again, the Sacramento Kings along with the Philadelphia 76ers will probably be the subject of much ridicule and discussion on Brickhouse and elsewhere in the offseason. A team that hasn't got a lot of talk this year. 
justifiably so, are the Denver Nuggets. Put them as the next team. Matt, what would you compare the Nuggets to? Ooh, man, it this one is tough for me because I just watch any Denver. Nuggets yeah, game. I was gonna say I don't. I didn't really watch any, and I didn't really care about them as a team. Yeah, I I know that they exist, and I see. I know the players they have. I just. Like a movie reference, a movie thing that is a just a grab bag of random people would be the Expendables. But even then, uh-huh. but even then, those are all people with that have had long careers coming together for a crazy thing. Right. right. So I can't even say that. Yeah, I don't know. It's t- this one was this might have been one of the toughest teams for me to think of. I agree. The only thing I could really say was that it looks. Of of all the NBA teams, this team looks more like they're building a football team, yeah, or a uh, a riot police squad, yeah, than really a basketball With Jokic team. and Nurkic and Fareed and Barton and yeah, even Moutier, Moutier. you know, he's got wider shoulders than LeBron James, and he's 19 years old. And another fun fact about them, they are the only team this season to beat both the Spurs and the Warriors. Wow, Denver wow. Nuggets. But sometimes there's a man, and I'm talking about the dude here. I put the most important person, I won't say a hero, uh, but the most important person for the Denver Nuggets going forward is Emmanuel Moutier. That, that's who I have, too. He was the number two ranked player coming out of his high school class, and the number one player that year being Okafor. Uh, he he famously went and played in China rather than go to SMU and play under Larry Brown. Mm-hmm. We talked about D'Angelo Russell last week and how he's playing very well, especially for a teenage point guard, Narc. Um, Emmanuel Moutier also you know, has had an up-and-down season, but that's to be expected in the starting point guard position at 20 years old in the NBA. But his size makes me think that he has got a lot of future NBA potential. I mean, watching him in the McDonald's All-American game, I thought, like, that guy looks 28 years old. Yeah. Uh, he makes Marcus Smart look small. Right. And with the seventh pick in the draft, he might end up being the steal of the draft. In fact, there could be three players that, that the Kings could have drafted that may end up being the steal of the draft. Sure. Emmanuel Moutier, Stanley Johnson, or Justice Winslow. Yeah. All of those guys were ranked way higher, by the way, too. So it's not like you know the Kings were just going with the uh, status quo pick. But we're talking about the Nuggets here. In fact, well, Divock decided not to draft Moutier because he wouldn't work out for the Kings. You know, yeah, which and is maybe why he's he's maybe that just shows how smart Moutier is. Yeah, and and how stupid Divock is. <laughs> if he's only going to sign players that want to come to the Sacramento Kings, yeah. he's never going to make the Sacramento Kings any better. Right, you're just going to end up with players like Rondo coming off that Dallas season yeah and marco bellinelli who really has not done as well outside of the spurs organization we predicted that the nuggets were going to be really bad one of the teams that i was most off on i i expected them to be 18 and 64 for worst or second to worst behind the lakers in the western conference ended up not that bad right in the middle of the pack of these lottery teams or towards the top, even at 33. 33 wins, yeah. 33 and 47. This next team might uh, hit a little close to home, I think, Matt. Ooh. Why don't you tell us we, we what both, it's like watching the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, we both have the Suns here for this one. You know how they always say that one day maybe an asteroid might hit the Earth and explode the Earth? 
So imagine, uh-huh. imagine an, an asteroid is going to hit a part of the Earth that everyone wants the asteroid to hit, and it wants the asteroid to explode that part. No one's going to get hurt, but part of that Earth. Oh, I thought you were going to say it's going to land on Donald Trump. No, <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, he, the asteroid's going to hit on that certain area on the Earth. Everyone wants that area to be exploded, so we can like start building it a good way uh-huh. but then as the asteroids barreling towards you see the asteroid the finish line the asteroid inexplicably starts like building new buildings there kind of sort of at the very tail end on the asteroid no on the new part of the earth okay i know this is very weird <laughs> i'm following yeah so like you the asteroid's coming and you want the asteroid to hit that part of the earth and explode it but then at the very end of the the mission where the end's in sight they just pick you could call them the buildings wins <laughs> they pick up a few extra buildings that they had Let's no put some apartment buildings yeah they had no business getting at the end of this yeah this yeah so it kind of might ruin the trajectory of the asteroid man you know mine is actually kind of apocalyptic too this yeah. is pretty funny I, I compared the suns to the future war over water oh man um, and the similar sort of uh, way that I got there, Jeff Hornacek was hired to rebuild Phoenix, and he ended up winning 48 games. Yeah, I, I think we compared him t- earlier in the year to being a failed kamikaze pilot. Yes, you know, right? He was supposed to tank, and he didn't. He almost got the eighth seed in a crazy, crazily competitive Western Conference that that year. But I call them the uh, the future water wars because. Phoenix or city like Palm Springs, they're not really supposed to be there, you know? And instead of of just having, you know, some shade and maybe a couple of people that that dwell in in the desert, in fact, they have lush rolling golf courses filled with green grass. Yeah. Elaborate fountains everywhere, you know, and there's no water. Uh, this is just like the unlikely combo of Dragic, Bledsoe, and Isaiah Thomas, three point guards, yeah. leading the Phoenix Suns to this almost playoff seed a couple seasons ago. But three point guards is no way to win in the NBA, Matt. That oasis that we thought was was Phoenix, that was actually a mirage. Oh, no. And now all the grass is dried up. The fountains are all dry. The concrete underneath is cracking. Yeah. And... The irony is that we knew it was the desert the whole time. And the designers of oh, the Mirage oh. were, in fact, duped by their own design, Oh, man. Too. Man. The only hope, though, is now I could see, like, Devin Booker walking this scorched earth, just planting planting seeds, hoping that there will someday be life there again. Yeah, you know, right. He's, he's your, your savior. Sometimes there's a man, well... He's the man for his time and place. He fits right in there. Yeah, I. Person. That's who I put Booker, but also what they do with Brandon Knight. Yeah. If they can find find someone to trade for him, you know what team Brandon Knight would work out good on? Maybe hmm. the Milwaukee Bucks, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, <laughs> um, he was doing well there. They yeah. made the playoffs there with Brandon. Knight. Right. The, with the reason I was talking about the asteroid is because last month the Suns beat the Lakers twice, which really took them out of contention oh, for number yeah. two. 
and then the Suns have won their past two games against Houston and New Orleans, which now might bump them out of third, moving them to fourth. It is the worst-case scenario. But like you said, Booker is there, maybe planting seeds. Booker's uh, – that kid could be good, really good. He's a great shooter. Last but, week when we were talking about how he had more points than Tracy McGrady and, and almost as many points as some of the other teenagers like LeBron, KD, Mello, Kobe. Yeah. I kind of took for granted that that's an amazing list to be on. You know, oh, yeah. If Devin Booker's on the same list as LeBron, Durant, Carmelo, Kobe, McGrady, that's a good sign for, for the future. That, you're right. That, there's, some, there's some sort of hope there. I've I've got a conspiracy theory for you, Matt, on uh, on the most important person for the the Suns. Yeah. What if the most important person to change the Suns is Robert Sarver's secret twin brother, Carl Sarver? <laughs> what if? Hear me out here, Matt. What if Robert Sarver is really the evil twin amongst the Sarver twins? We didn't know they were twins before, but this would explain so much right. about why Robert Sarver prefers the lesser brother or the lesser oh, twin. Wow. He identifies with this. Wow. Robert Sarver is the lesser twin. Wow. This is just getting too crazy. There's breaking news into Brickhouse, Bob. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Jerry Colangelo has stepped aside. Jerry Colangelo? How long was his resignation letter? <laughs> I don't know, but this <laughs> this just came across as we're recording this podcast. Uh, it would have been way better if it came across when we were recording the Eastern Conference portion of wow. this podcast. Wow. This is breaking news. I was I wanted to say that during that Sixers preview that the Colangelo's signing up especially the father son thing they're setting themselves up for such criticism yeah and because hinky was stepping down and has been the lightning rod for sixers criticism for three years that was immediately going to transfer to the colangelos right well it is going to transfer to a colangelo just not jerry yeah it's 76 years old he probably is good for his heart that he is stepping down yeah so that's a little breaking news. I'm sorry to jump in on the depressing Suns outlook there, but... Hey, we just found out that the Suns are run by an evil twin. I mean, we that's... needed something to get our minds off of it. That's, that's <laughs> Carl Sarver. <laughs> yeah. I think we're... I think we're... You're, you had your own breaking news there, too. We might have been kind of homers with their record prediction. We predicted they would be 46 and 36 this year, Matt, which I believe would have them firmly in the playoffs if that were true. 46 and 36? Yeah. What yeah, were we, we had thinking? The, like halfway. I think they were like 15th right in the middle of the NBA. Their actual record is 21 and 58 currently. But like you said, uh Maybe not enough to get a, one of the coveted few good players at the top of this draft. They 46 win. Morris Chandler, sure. I'm trying to talk myself into what we were thinking. Let's move on to our next team, an exciting team who doesn't find itself on lists like these that often. I think we have the same team here as well, the L.A. Lakers. The Lakers, Bob. We are four for four. 
Matt, this one is uh, kind of insulting to a a famous superstar and hero to a lot of people, but I thought it was appropriate that watching the L.A. Lakers this year is kind of like watching Muhammad Ali then Ooh. and now. Wow. They used to be the greatest, and now they're painful to watch, even if they're still honored everywhere they go. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers. Yeah. What do you think watching the Lakers is like there, Matt? I had a watching the Lakers is like watching Saved by the Bell, the new class. But if you added in a Zach Morris who is still around but only goes to half a class a couple times a week, maybe. (laughs) Wow, that is awesome. Yeah. You got the the young kids coming in, but Zach Morris is still just sitting there trying to trying to hit on all the good-looking girls and telling them about times past, kind of barking at them. No, that's pretty funny. If there was one person that was going to change, turn things around for the Lakers, I picked an unconventional person here, Matt, but hear me out. The most important man for this is not a man at all. It's Halle Berry. Okay. Listen listen to this, Matt. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> Because of a rough couple of years, the Lakers are starting to become paranoid that they no longer hold this magic ability to attract all the best free agents in the right. NBA. Right? right. But I say, as long as Los Angeles is the home to people like Halle Berry and other stars and celebrities, that free agents are going to want to come to Los Angeles. Sure. They have a ton of money, they have a history of winning, and they have some of the most beautiful, rich women in the Mm -hmm. world. Yeah. It's a good place to be a young millionaire is what I'm saying. And it's the reason that players like LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, Dwight Howard, who don't play for L.A., all have homes here. And that's just a couple of names. I mean, there's a lot more. And I think Kobe being a real dick who refused to change his role on the team did have a lot to do with players not wanting to come to L.A., but it was probably more so about all the other players that were on the team or the lack thereof yeah. you know, that prevented someone like Aldridge from coming to the team. Yeah, the Bus children tried pitching Aldridge on the fame and marketing mm-hmm. opportunities of being a Laker, and that fell embarrassingly short. Yeah. I wanted to, to say Ben Simmons was another person that could turn this franchise around, and I just have this feeling that the Lakers are going to win right. the draft. I think lottery. everyone does, yeah. You know, he wore purple and gold. He's already with LeBron's agent. And some people are even speculating that his dip in productivity at the end of his college freshman season was a way to ensure that maybe people would doubt taking him first if someone besides the Lakers were to win that draft lottery. I can imagine that, you know, a person like Ben Simmons, Brandon Ingram, Jalil Okafor, you know, the top players in college – are not excited about the prospect of having the odds of the team they play for be the 76ers. Right. Sam Hinkie made a really interesting point, I thought, in the Zach Lowe interview when he was talking about how the buses, Jeannie Buss has been saying that if Jerry Buss, or uh, what's the what's the the brother's Jim name? Jim Buss? Jim Buss. If he Who doesn't is make... my important person, but we'll get to that. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, maybe this will this will be about what you're what you're going to say. Yeah. But it was interesting that they say, well, Hinky was saying, Jeannie Buss saying, if you're if you don't make the playoffs, you're fired. 
Right. Right. And Hinky was comparing that to if he were investing Zach Lowe's $50,000 grant land money. You remember that? Yeah, right. And he was saying, well, you don't want to tell somebody it's an ultimatum. Like, you get to 70000 with my investment or you're fired. Or yeah. you get to the playoffs or you're fired. Because then, maybe without you knowing, that person will start making really Reckless. risky decisions yeah. to try and get to this arbitrary goal. Absolutely. I thought that was an interesting way for Hinky well, yeah, to no, that's, yeah, defend I think, himself. I think there's some truth in that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so tell me about Jim Buss and how he's going to change the Lakers. I mean, he could change them by uh, stepping down completely and letting other people take care of the right. team. Right. Or he can finally, I don't know, if he by sticking around but actually taking advice or not – trying to live in his dad's shadow i guess that's the i think people like genie bus because they never felt like she was trying to live up to her her father mm-hmm. in a way i think jim bus always has that the bus family kind of like on his back maybe for the good of the team you have to recognize some of your limitations and actually step aside yeah i know you don't watch game of thrones but i feel like the bus I pretty much and, know Game of Thrones, yeah. but because you, you talk about it every week, so the brother and sister remind me of the Lannisters, where it's the sister Cersei Lannister mm-hmm. who would really be the most qualified to be the most ruthless king in the in the land. Yeah, but the fact that she's a woman prevents her from becoming king. That's Jeannie over Jim, who seems more like the Tommy boy of the Lakers. Before I tell you about our bleak record prediction and how they actually finished, we can sneak in a diss of the week here. Oh, wow. Yo mama is so fat. This is actually perfect because it is such a sneak diss that I did not realize it was a diss until it was pointed out on Jalen and Jacoby's podcast. Yeah. So... Mark Jackson was doing a an L.A. Lakers game. I think this is about 10 days ago now, almost two weeks ago. He was doing an L.A. Lakers game and was talking about the D'Angelo Russell incident of him mm-hmm. recording Nick Young. We yes. went into it, and everyone talked about it for so long, past week or two. And he said that D'Angelo Russell will make a good associate head coach in the league someday. Who said this? Mark Jackson. Okay. Now, I did not think of this as a diss until Jacoby pointed out that Mark Jackson had a controversy while with the Golden State Warriors because his associate head coach recorded conversations that they had. And so that was his way of sneak dissing his former associate head coach, Darren Ehrman, who got in trouble for recording him. And is now with the New Orleans Pelicans. But Ehrman and Scalabrini were both fired by Jackson, um, after which the owners informed him that he didn't really have the authority to fire assistant coaches, even if they were secretly recorded of just like D'Angelo Russell. Oh, man, that's awesome. (laughs) That is great. Mark Jackson just trying to throw little shots in there. And he he didn't mention Darren Ehrman's name you know, during the broadcast, but for anyone who knew what he was talking about, amazing sneak disc that most of America probably just went just went right, right over, over their heads, heads, including yours truly, a supposed basketball savant. Oh man, brilliant. 
Yeah, we thought they were going to be shitty. In fact, I th- we thought they were going to be the shittiest team in the West with 22 wins. Uh, and fa- 22 and 60. In fact, they are 16 and 63. Man. They could get as high as 19, I suppose, but they probably won't. Kobe Bryant, I saw on NBA Reddit people suggesting that Kobe go for the field goal attempt record in his final game. Well, how many is the that? Utah Jazz. I think it's 63. Chamber- Will Chamberlain? Chamberlain yeah. in the 100-point game. I don't know why you would want some sort of dubious record like that. Well, I told you about my, my brother, at least one of my brothers, maybe both of them, and I went to Dan Marley's last game in Phoenix. Okay. Before he was going to retire. Uh-huh. And the last part of the game was him just chucking long three-pointers. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, he finally made one, dropped down, did some push-ups, and walked off the court. <laughs> yeah. That must have been a bet he had going. Yeah, because he would – and they, they were – Sure, they were three pointers, but some of them were long. He was just throwing. Yeah, he was just throwing them. All he wanted was one final one. He got it. Did some push-ups. Walked off the court. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We got our top three teams' future rankings. Matt, I think we might differ here. Who did you have? I have the Rockets. Yeah, that 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 really hurts, Matt. But go yeah. on. I have the Rockets. They, to me, the Rockets are like. Uh, uh, in Lincoln, the movie. This uh-huh. is our second Lincoln reference in yeah. this breakdowns. Some fake Lincoln quotes. Yeah. No, uh, I really felt it like while watching Lincoln that Sally Field was really trying to uh, act her way to an Oscar. Uh-huh. Much along the lines, like, uh, I felt James Harden was trying to shoot his way to an MVP. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it came off a little, like, I, I felt like everyone knew what was going on like little, sally field forced yeah not not nothing against her i think she's a fine lady but i felt she was really trying to marry todd that thing uh-huh. <laughs> so she really tried to act her way to an oscar to where it kind of came off as oh you're just trying to act your way to an oscar yeah james harden as we talked about plenty of times he's going to try and shoot himself to an mvp where honestly even if he finished with 35 points a game or some crazy number, I don't think he would be MVP anyway just because we kind of knew what you were up to. Not not by being the lottery team, I that's say that for sure. While I'm currently wearing a T-shirt <laughs> James of Harden James t-shirt. Harden. You know, it's funny because I actually compared it to a Daniel Day-Lewis movie myself, although a slightly different one. Oh, wow. I compared the season of the Houston Rockets, and if this is your first Brick House podcast you're listening to, it might be news to you to hear that I'm a huge fan of the Houston Rockets. But otherwise, then you already know. I was really excited. I think we had them number four overall Probably. in our NBA predictions. Yeah. I had them number two in the West, or maybe three in the, three in the West behind uh, San Antonio. But they're definitely the biggest disappointment, not only for me, but probably of any team in the NBA this year, except maybe the Bulls. And P.T. Anderson was really one of my favorite writers and directors prior to uh, the past couple of movies he's done. There Will Be Blood was the Daniel Day-Lewis movie that I saw 
You know, I think I was still in college when that movie I came out. I love that movie. It was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, came out of the theater like, wow, yeah. that is one of the most incredible films I've ever seen. And I thought P.T. Anderson was good before this. He is the greatest. I can't wait to see his next movie. Yeah. It's going to be great. When I heard it was about Scientology and starring the great Philip Seymour Hoffman, I couldn't wait to right. see this movie. Right. Took my wife to see it opening weekend. I never go to see movies on opening weekend. And it was completely terrible. Yeah. You know, we left that theater. There were some scenes. I like some scenes in it. Sure. You know, there were some games yeah. where James Harden had like 45 points. <laughs> And the Rockets won, you know. There were some games where Dwight Howard looked like, you know, somebody worthy of paying bas- basketball money to. Touche, Bob. The only thing that could be worse, this is what it would have to take, is if the Rockets came out and won, like, 12 games next year, that would be the equivalent of P.T. Anderson's Inherent Vice. Ooh. Which I didn't think could possibly be worse than the Master, but it was way fucking worse Yeah, than the I didn't Master. see it. I won't say a hero, because what's a hero? The most important person to change this team, who else would it be? It's James Harden. He's got the skills to be the player's MVP last year, and actually this year, statistically, he's up in every category. He has more points, rebounds, and assists this year than when he finished second in MVP voting last year. Wow. Also up is his turnovers. In fact, he's had more turnovers this season than any player in any season in NBA history. Really? He has the most turnovers ever? Broke the record for most turnovers Congratulations. ever. And on the court, he's so ball dominant that regardless of having seven or eight assists, he has to change his style of play a little bit. You know, Rondo has leads the league in assists, and he's totally ball dominant too. It doesn't yeah. translate to wins, and it doesn't right. translate to his teammates necessarily liking playing with him. His usage percentage has to be off the charts, though. Yeah, it's, isn't that the thing where isn't that the stat where the play ends through you? Exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. His he's he leads the league in usage by a mile. Who do you think is going to turn this franchise around, Matt? I had Daryl Morey. I was hoping you would say that. Yeah, were you? Yeah, just because I guess his job is uh, in jeopardy. Yeah, this, well, this I, off season. I had that. I wrote that down before I saw that. My my thought was at some point you can be the chosen one and you can be the the boy genius the next great thing but at some point you have to be accountable and i kind of on the heels of this hinky thing i thought the same with maury but then it came out that his job might not be safe this summer which i honestly i don't know why it should be it it's not i'm not saying he's bad but i'm saying that you don't want people to get too comfortable in a way and he has a big summer coming up he has a summer where he they have to figure out what to do with dwight they have to figure out what to do with monte Yunus, terrence jones the Ty Lawson thing was a disaster. So you think they're going to fire him before the draft? You think they're No, gonna... I actually, I don't think they're going to fire him at all. Yeah. Point is that you want to make sure that the fire is still there and that people aren't resting on the fact like Billy Bean in Oakland, the Athletics, mm-hmm. like you can be a genius, so-called genius, but that doesn't necessarily mean that'll translate to wins. Uh-huh. So do you want to keep the genius around and be kind of mediocre or do you want to try and find someone that can win? I, I find it hard to, you know, find someone to replace the genius, you know. It's like, let's fire a gene. You know, who are they going to hire? Sam Hinkie? Yeah, <laughs> you know? right. So that, Joe Dumars? Sure. <laughs> Carl Sarver? 
Jerry Colangelo is free. He could. He could. Uh, he's free as of 17 minutes ago. Oh yeah. Actually, this team is in fact the team that we were off the most by, except wow. pay, except maybe the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. Of all the lottery teams, we we predicted they would have 57 wins. 57 and 25, Ooh. which is only one more than they had last year. And they are, in fact, sitting at 38 and 41 right now. Man. And probably not going to make the playoffs. We messed that one up, eh? Everyone messed that one mm-hmm. up. The team, I had them, I had them as, uh, as ranked lower than the Rockets, but I think you had them uh, just one above the New Orleans Pelicans. I said that watching them was kind of like watching Ronda Rousey lose a fight, you know? Coming into this season, Anthony Davis was so hyped to be the MVP candidate, yeah. maybe even the favorite. He was going to turn the league upside down. He was going to supplant LeBron James as the best player on the planet. He was going to do the cover of the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. No, that was Ronda Rousey. She did the, the Swimsuit Edition. <laughs> but AD, he did some fabulous H&R Block commercials. Fabulous. What, what did you think the Pelicans are like? I just wrote down just something really disappointing that's the three words i wrote because they were the most to me you said the rockets were your most disappointing that might be true actually but to me the pelicans were one of the most disappointing teams because everyone thought they could make the next step take the next jump and uh they did anything but that i didn't have anything witty because i was just just sad that how how their season turned out yeah i put uh, along those lines the most important person for for change in the Pelicans organization, although I'm not sure he's capable of it, is Dell Demps. Yeah. He's the GM. He's been the GM of the Pelicans since 2010. And at this point, I don't know what they're they're waiting for. Right. I mean, there you can go through a long list of trades he made and he even traded Chris Paul. That's how long he's been around. He traded Chris Paul. First his trade was rescinded by yeah. David Stern. Right. And then the second trade netted him El Farouk Amino, Eric Gordon, Chris Kamen, and a couple of second-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, one first-round draft pick, which became Austin Rivers. Yeah, we predicted there would be 52-30. and 30. Uh, We were off by 22 games. They're sitting at 30-49 and 49 right now. Jeez. Which brings us to the uh, team I think that has the most promise of any team in the NBA – that did not make the playoffs this year. And speaking of the Shyamalan plot twist, it's the Minnesota Timberwolves. My comparison is the twist because the T-Wolves trade Kevin Love, trade Ricky Rubio, and finally make the playoffs. That's what I think is going to happen. Wow. I know Rubio's still on the yeah. team, but I don't think it's going to be for much longer. What what a story. You know, I've been I've been waiting for the T-Wolves to make the playoffs for six years we've with all, Kevin Love. Yeah, we've all been waiting for that. I saw that Anthony Towns will be only the ninth player ever if he wins Rookie of the Month this year to win Rookie of the Month every month he was a rookie. Whoa. And, you know, the players on that list are like LeBron James, yeah. Melo, Blake Griffin. Right. You know, all superstars in this league i mean the wolves could have had could currently have demarcus Cousins, steph curry handful of other sure. great players that david Kahn didn't draft and it's just got to feel really good to be yeah. a to be a wolves fan finally after all these years of uh, of torment to me they're like a, an up-and-coming actor that you could see they're destined for greatness and a bunch of oscars if they don't die of a drug overdose first. <laughs> the Michael B. Jordan of uh, yeah. actors. Well, I, I don't think we have to worry about Michael B. 
uh-huh. dying of a drug overdose Let's or anything. This team has about as unlimited potential as any team could have. Yeah. As we see with the Thunder, that doesn't mean it's happening. That doesn't mean you're going to get championships. Flip side is what pick are they now? They're the fifth pick. Say they say they stay at the fifth or drop a pick, fifth or sixth. Maybe they don't have that great of a pick this year. It's not the worst thing in the world because you still have Towns and Wiggins, but you have to find a way to just capitalize while you have these guys. Yeah. And with with Rubio, people like to give Rubio a hard time. I don't think Rubio is all that bad. He Plus, he's, his contract tops out. At, this contract is going to be less than $15 million the entire life of his contract, which actually isn't a terrible deal in a few years. So you could maybe find someone to take him, and if you find someone to – for some reason, take Pekovic's contract, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, They'll have cap space. Now it's a matter of trying to convince someone to come play with these kids. That's why I liked what they did by bringing in Garnett, Tayshon, who is the Andre, Andre Miller. Miller right? I like that idea. Now they have to do that, but do that with a veteran who can actually contribute more on the court. Maybe. I, I, I like to think that their best chance is more of being like a thunder of the north where yeah. they're, they build all their – they build through the draft and these players just like playing together yeah. so much. They find a winning atmosphere. And because they're all so young, have like kind of a college team camaraderie. Right. That's they, fair. They grow up together. I already started looking at who they could pick at, you know, fifth pick or so yeah. in the draft. And it looks like uh, Chris Dunn point guard from Providence and uh, Jamal Murray point guard yeah. from, uh, or, you know, uh, combo guard from Kentucky right. for guys that are going to be available right yeah. around there. Or Sabonis. Sabonis. Yeah. That, yeah. that would be interesting, but ah, hell I done introduced him enough. My most important person of the team is Wiggins. Uh-huh. Uh, because towns is great. Wiggins can Wiggins take that next step to become can they become a Westbrook Durant combo right Wiggins I I love Wiggins but he is not he isn't an alpha he is but he needs to learn how to kind of become one yeah the most important person I put for this one is the head coach and you know I just hope the 400 year old owner Glenn Taylor you know hires somebody besides someone who he's worked with before besides someone that he just knows on a first name basis. Yeah. There's a lot of good coaches. I mean, what is wrong with Tom Thibodeau here? He's shown that if you take him away from the Chicago Bulls, they go from two in the East to out of the playoffs in, in less than a year. So I think that he's, uh, he's got the, the best candidacy. Let me throw another name out there for you for reactionary name, Jay Wright, Villanova's head coach. Do you like a, do you like a successful college coach coming in and taking the reins in the Timberwolves? If you could show me a college coach that came in and took the reins of any NBA team and yeah. succeeded, I would look at that and say, you know, maybe so. But Stevens? Yeah, I guess Stevens, Stevens is a good example. But it might be one of the few examples, really. Right. We were both very high on the Timberwolves, I think. Them beating Golden State Warriors at home in oh. overtime, coming back from 17 points down, really helped seal the deal for both of oh, us. Oh, yeah. We were pretty close on predicting these guys. Uh, we had them at 23 and 59. They exceeded that a little bit at 27 and 52 right now. Oh, wow. But, yeah, so that's that's the future of the NBA right there, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're, they're the top of our NBA lottery projections. I hope you enjoyed 
all the comparisons, all the all the Sam Elliott quotes, and all the most important players. I know I enjoyed the Lincoln references. Sam Hinkie comparing himself to a flightless bird. <laughs> Next week, you know what we're doing, Matt? We're we got the playoffs. Oh wow! The season ends on Wednesday, and I believe the playoffs start on Saturday. Yeah. And Brickhouse will have its first ever playoff previews. Oh man! And if we talked for over two hours about the lottery teams, I don't. We're gonna have to get some more tape for the for the playoff <laughs> <Yeah>. teams. <laughs> it's true. But thanks for listening to all of these um, these reviews. Thank you, Matt Baker, for for all of your comedy contributions. And please follow us at Brickhouse Podcast and tune in next week when we discuss the NBA playoffs. Thank you.